Hello, and welcome to a Pair of Dice Lost podcasting channel. My name is Brendan. My pronouns are he, him. And today I am joined by... Hey there, guys. My name is Tyler. Uh, pronouns are he, him. I'm going to be playing uh, Ricky, the fire-aspected street exorcist. Hi, everybody. My name is Christina. I will be playing Elion. Uh, my pronouns are she, her, and Elion's pronouns are they, them. Uh, they are a water-aspected investigator. Hi, everyone. My name's Cody. Pronouns are he, they, and I play Amalar Divine, the air-aspected shady businessman. Hi, my name is Britt, and I play Resh Ferris. My pronouns are she, her, as well as Ferris's. She is a wood-aspected dragon-blooded who has a familiar named Zeke, who is a ferret, and she's kind of a performer, petty theft. And this is Exalted, like a dragon-blooded. the secretary's already left. Yes, the secretary has already left with the guild's payment. Granted, that does give the guild uh that gives the guild a little bit more money, but that also gives you some time to uh not have the guild on their tail. Right. I was going to go deliver the payment and be like this is your last one, but that would probably backfire. If you want to, you are welcome to go catch up with that secretary. Yeah, I want to try catching up with the secretary to uh, kind of learn the ropes of how things uh, how things work, and uh, not necessarily going to Big Dick, but to uh, covert operation. I'm the new hire, uh, just learning how things uh, work around here, type deal. And seeing okay. who the guild contact is, who who needs to be manipulated, what way and where type deal. So you catch up with the secretary. So you go and catch up with Moya, who is lugging around a small sack uh, of bills and looking a little squirrely and uh, like that she's about to get jumped at any moment because, hell, she might. Hey, uh... Moya, that, that that was your name, right? Uh you you want some company? Huh? Uh yeah? Uh weren't weren't you the guy who was just talking to uh Miss Regara? Yeah, yeah, uh Miss Regara and I we uh we came to a agreement that uh I'd hang out for a couple days, help out around the uh storefronts and see how how we get along. So I want to make sure that I'm of as much service as I can be to everybody who works around here, you know? If I'm going to be a steady face around here, I want to uh, want to, I want to make sure it's a good face you're looking at, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, well, here, I'll, I'll take you to where the, the drop-off point is for, for the guild. And she leads you uh, from the undermarket towards uh, one of the guild buildings uh, that is a little bit more 
ostentatious. Uh, it is heavily decorated in in the colors of the guild, which are like very like deep purples and like golds, like very hard dyes to make. Oh, um, and it, it like less. like it kind of like clashes with uh with the surrounding like black glass of Chiroscuro. So, uh, we go on the inside that place or how do you do the drop? Do you dead drop it? No, no, we go, we go right in. Uh, we actually deliver directly to, uh, Mr. Thanos. So, uh, you'll be following me. Uh, she takes you into the area and the guards, um, the guards seem to recognize the secretary girl and just let you both pass without uh, really making a note of it. Uh, they take you to one of the elevators and the elevator rises up quite a ways. And then when it, it opens up, there is a very large, there's a very large office. Uh, it looks like it's probably, it might've been comprised of like, three or four floors just to get the ceiling this high in here. Uh, there's a large window that looks out on the back and you can see sitting at a, at the desk is uh, a, a man in a traditional like uh, kimono. Uh, he is skinny and it is hard to get a read on him. Short hair and like just a very clean shaven like goatee. And he stands and he looks to uh, Moya, and then he looks to you and goes, Well then, little Moya, I wasn't expecting you to have any company today. This is quite the surprise there. I see that you brought uh, Salon's payment for me. I appreciate that. What's what's that little rascal getting up to today then, eh? And uh, who might you be, young man? I'm, uh, I'm Divine. I'm the new, uh, New crusade dealer down at the uh, Shaved Yetum. I uh, figured I'd uh, come with Miss Moya here to, uh, you know, learn the ropes because I'm going to be uh, working with them for a little while. Fantastic, fantastic. Now, if you ever uh, get yourself in a little bit of trouble, if you ever need some extra money for those crusade tables, you just come on up to old Thanos here and I'll help you out. Don't you worry, buddy. And he, like, stands up, moves over to you, and, like, gives you a very hearty handshake. What's your strength score, Cody? (laughs) One. It's a very hearty handshake. Yeah, I'll uh, gonna do my best to squeeze back, knowing that it does. It's like the equivalent of a five-year-old. I'll uh, I'll be sure to remember that, uh, Mister uh, Talos. Thanos. Thanos, with an N. Gotcha. I'll remember that. So you're the uh, the money around here. Uh, who run, who runs protection? Is that uh in your uh, purview as well, or is that a associate of yours? <laughs> You're asking a whole lot of questions there, bud, for someone who's not on my payroll. Well, I can be, but uh, I don't know. It's just a little concerning that uh, Miss Moira has to lug all that cash through the undermarket on her own. 
Like it, it seems a little dangerous. I didn't see any guards with her or anybody keeping lookout or unless you got people hidden, but I don't think that's the case. I just want to make sure that your money makes it to you, you know? Oh, don't you worry. I trust Solan to be able to help to get all these things out uh, to get the people here. She wouldn't trust someone with the money without uh Solan wouldn't uh, send send, uh, send her trusty secretary out with my payment without knowing that she can take care of herself. Isn't that right, little Moya? Uh, yeah, yeah, I can totally take care of myself. Oh, so so it falls on it falls on the uh, people bringing the. So you don't offer protection. It's just the money goes through you. So Anne pays us what that she owes us. We are the ones in charge of uh, making sure that the markets stay running now. Gotcha, gotcha. So, like, that number is, uh... I guess I could just ask her. There's no point in bothering you with the finer details of running a business. I'm sure a banker like yourself uh, has more important things to take care of i mean you've certainly got me there i do certainly have more important things to take care of and he goes uh, clearly a little bit like just fed up with this conversation and like takes the money from moya now you all get uh skedaddle on out of here and he pulls like he pulls a thousand yen from what that Moya had and just hands it to you guys. There you go for your troubles. So he hands you some money and then uh, shuffles you on the way out. So can I use loyalty reading meditation to on my uh, read intentions to discern what intimacy of his I flagged that made him uh say screw this conversation when she reads intentions to the certain intimacy based on emotion that intimacy penalizes the target's guile as though it were his resolve so basically i want to roll a why you mad bro okay um yeah sure uh that is going to you triggered on a i will let you know a major intimacy so uh that will bring his resolve and guile from both being a five, his major intimacy down or or his guile down to a three. And it's a wits and socialize to discern intimacies. Yep. Just got to hit three. Want to spin two for an ottoman. I'm sorry. It's a perception socialize. Oh, I definitely don't trust myself to hit three with eight. Uh, Yeah. I'm going to use two moats. Well, we'll do four modes to add two successes. Okay, and then I'll give you uh, I'll give you an extra two dice since you RP'd through the whole scene of just kind of asking him very leading questions. Of course. Of fucking course. If I wouldn't have only needed one success, then you know I would have rolled a one and not seven out of ten. That's how it goes, buddy. I know this man's intimacy so well. Uh, since you got uh, such a good roll on that, I'll actually count that as uh, towards two uh, things of discovering two of this guy's intimacies. So the intimacy that you pinged off of was a major intimacy. 
this guy despises it. The best way I can put it is um, he has an intimacy of hatred towards people getting his title wrong. Like he does not like not getting his title wrong. That's the wrong way to put it. It's being given a job that is below him. So like you called him the banker or said that maybe he's in charge of security. He's above that. The other one that I will give you for free, uh, not for free, but I'll give you since you got uh, such a good level of success there is he has a minor intimacy of, uh, I'm trying to think of the way to phrase this, but it's basically he, things that he has used and he does not find a use for, he wants to dispose of. So I would say that he has a negative tie towards people who cannot do, people who have completed their usefulness to me. Two-year-old with a toy box. Yeah, not wrong. And you can probably imply from that that uh, Regara Salon is in that category. Gotcha. So how are we narrowing that intimacy down? Like, what are we paraphrasing it down to? I only care if you're useful. That works. Yep. And she's in that category as she is useful or he doesn't care about her because she's not useful. She, he doesn't care about her because she's no longer useful to him. So you need to case the joint for uh, for for the heist, essentially, that you want to do for this guild warehouse. Yeah, I'm basically going to try to case the place, figure out what's going in, what's going out, getting like any guard schedules, if any. Um, when is it most active? When is it least active? Locking systems, security systems, stuff like that. So, Britt, what that I will let you do for this is how much time do you want to spend doing the essentially the montage and the uh, everything for for this? Do you want to spend like a few days? Do you want to just spend a day? Do you want to spend like a whole week on it? Like it's kind of up to you on how long that this takes. I would want to spend a minimum of two to three days just to make sure everyone in the group is on the same page and knows what the plans are and understands what the plans are to execute them. So Britt, in that case, what that I would like you to do for me is if you could give me the first day that you go up to do this, and I'm going to just kind of count this. Uh, how do you, uh, how do you go up to approach like the guild warehouse? Like what's your, like, g- g- give me a plan here. Well, I'm going to make sure I use uh, Zeke's abilities to kind of help with this because he's small and can kind of like navigate places better than we could. Okay. Get him into a like air duct or something to get inside. And because he can talk to me, like let me know what, what he sees, what our best routes are as best as he could tell. And then um, case the outside for the best entrances and exits. 
as like our starting points. Okay. Sounds good. And what are you, and is it just you and Zeke that are casing the place on the first day or are you going to bring in any of the other group? Um, I want to bring Doki probably because he's good at hiding Denarid. Um, because he's good at infiltration. So uh, let me, I'm going to bring Denarid with me. Okay. Uh, so you and Danarid and Zeke go out. Uh, is there any preparation that you guys make? Uh, do you guys disguise yourself in any way? Well, I have um, chameleon skin or chameleon for my merits. So chameleon, the character can change the color and pattern of her skin to match her surroundings. She adds a die to stealth rolls and to survival rolls to hunt for game. If she's not wearing any clothes, adds two dice. Uh, when the character is nervous or stressed, she must make a willpower roll, difficulty one, to keep her skin from reflexively shifting a few shades towards the dominant color of the surroundings, giving her away as a likely, likely wild mutant. All right. So if you're going to be using that, then you're going to have an extra die on your stealth roll. So you're going to try and uh, blend in then instead of uh, anything else. You're just going to just try and just pure stealth it. I'm going to definitely try to pure stealth it, at least on my end, with um, Zeke as well, because I know he can stealth really well um, to try to help get in and like figure everything out. I'm not sure if Daenerid can do anything like that, because I think you said he's not dragon-blooded. He is not. And he's not, not stealthy, but he can uh, do infiltration. Yes, he he's very good at picking the lock. He's not good at not being noticed at picking the lock. So. Oh, I'm sorry. No, he is good at stealthy. He is good at stealthy. I'm sorry. I, I, I just, I, I'm reading over and I realized that I did not write anyone here is good at stealth. And I'm like, wait, why would I do that? So, yeah, I want to have him check the, uh, all the locks on everything. And then, um, maybe if we go like at night when there's probably less people, pick a lock so we can get in and kind of just see where everything is, not touch anything, but like see where everything is, see if there's any more locks that are going to need to be picked later so we can kind of have an idea and then maybe make our plans for how we would get stuff out with the other guys. Okay. I'm going to make sure we're not touching anything because we want to leave as little trace that we were there as possible. Okay. Um, in that case, can you give me a dex and stealth roll? Uh, I'll get for describing how that you're going about everything. Uh, I'll give you an extra two dice and an automatic success. And also just if you have anything to add into it, uh, now's the chance to do that. Um, I'm also going to uh, use distracting breeze meditation for uh, two motes to give myself another automatic success. Um, as the dragon blood moves through the shadows, the wind itself conspires to conceal her, blowing out torches, flapping curtains, or knocking over objects to create distractions. Um, she may add automatic successes to a stealth roll for two modes each. Okay. So how many modes are you going to put into that? I'm going to put in just uh, two for now and just give me that one extra automatic success. Okay. You gave me one automatic success, so that's at least two successes on top of whatever I roll. Yep. Hot damn, Brit. I am sneaky. I also forgot to add a die to my stealth roll for Chameleon. Go ahead and do that. All right. 
So you got 11 successes. Yes. You are very sneaky. You are so sneaky, in fact, that your sneakiness extends to, uh, in, in this case, when it's not as important, your sneakiness extends to the person with you. You guys make it into the guild warehouse. You can see multiple crates are stacked with goods that are meticulously labeled. Um, you are going through everything here and you can find a couple of crates that if you were to steal them could go, uh, could you could, you could probably fence for a decent amount of money. Um, do you have anything in bureaucracy? I have one dot in bureaucracy. Cool. Uh, make me a perception and bureaucracy role. What is this uh, role for? Basically, you could steal a lot of stuff, but who knows exactly how much that it could go for. Or you could steal all of the valuable stuff. Can I get help from Zeke, who has the money hoarder ability? You know what? Uh, yeah. Since he knows the value of money and hoards, and he can talk to me. I will, in that case, uh, since Zeke is helping you out here, I will give you... Two extra dice and two automatic successes since Zeke is helping you out. So that's a total of five successes. Damn. Okay. So as that uh, Daenerid opens up the door for you and uh, you both sneak in stealthily, uh, Zeke moves through the shadows and gives you almost a little salute, uh, half seen salute in the shadows and then starts rummaging through things. After about 15 minutes worth of rummaging, um, there is beginning to be a change in the guard shift and you guys sneak back out, uh, relocking up everything. And no one is the wiser that you were here. After a moment, you have a small mental inventory that uh, you and Zeke speak about and uh, basically write down quickly on your findings. After a brief moment of figuring out what would sell the quickest and for the most money. There are a total of five containers in there that are not going to be moved for at least a week, according to their uh, shipping manifest, which means that they'll still be here. And four of them meatball and another person could potentially get that out of there just fine. They're they're large containers, but they're low weight. They have lighter materials in them. There is one container in there, though, that you know that if you guys could fence it somehow would go for quite a lot, like would probably could go for a cool two to four million if you fence it the right way. Okay. Was there any idea about how heavy it would be or big? It is large enough that it would take the entire crew to get it out of there. Okay. Um, the other four, if fenced uh, in a relatively quick amount of time, um, would get you about about 1.5 to 2 million, depending on the role that you make for it. But like this one big box could be like the is basically like pay dirt for you guys um then i would let everyone know the the big box is going to be our main objective but if we feel the need 
to make a uh, like a quick change call, go for the smaller, lighter ones. That way we can split up and be less likely to be caught all together. Okay. That sounds like a plan to me. After a little bit of time, Ricky has split off from the group to go and do his own thing. Yep. Where do we find Ricky? I imagine that Ricky's probably just like, you know, like kind of like rolling down the street with his hands in his pockets, trying to find something to do. Not really terribly take, not taking his, uh, his job terribly seriously. So as you are walking down the streets, not taking your job terribly seriously, you look over to, uh, one of these side alleys where there's a little bit of deeper darkness than usual. And you see a bald headed man who is yelling at a, uh, a blue skinned woman. He appears to be holding up some kind of uh, symbol that is wrapped around his neck and is pushing it violently into this woman's uh, face. And she is backing away very uh, hesitantly and scared. You said it's a symbol he's shoving in her face? Yes. Any recognition? From here and with a quick glance, no. But the bald head does remind you of uh, some of the monks that you used to be around. Uh-oh. Guess I'm going to take a take a walk down that alleyway. I'm not going to like sprint down the alley and make a lot of noise. I'm just going to like casually walk by with my hands in my pockets. Just kind of take a closer look. As you get closer, you can hear this man screaming at this woman. Out of my way, young lady. This is the place of the living, not the ho- not the ways of ancestor worship. This is you leave, leave this city now. And how is she responding to that? Uh, honestly, scared and backing away from the symbol that he's holding. Do I see the symbol? Now that you see it a little closer, it is most definitely the symbol of the Immaculate Order. <sighs> Does he notice me? Not at the moment he doesn't. I'm just going to keep walking. I'm going to stop when I get behind him and just kind of watch the scene unfold. I'm going to be like a good five feet behind him. Is the the lady he's yelling at any other details other than her skin is blue? Now that you're this close to her, uh, she has a kind of ethereal quality to her. Uh, she is definitely a little translucent. Can I make an occult roll? It's very obvious to tell that she is a... Uh, and with the way that he's yelling, it is very obvious to tell that she is a ghost and that you have stepped into a small shadow land. Gotcha. Which are, uh, as you would know, fairly common in Chiroscuro. Uh, the dead and the living do actually do business together. Hmm. So, but this is the shadow, sh- shadow land and it's technically where she belongs and he is like there. Yes, he would be the intruder. I'm just going to keep watching for a minute and see what else happens. Um, as if he is getting close to her, you can hear him begin to recite a prayer and uh, the talisman in his hands is beginning to glow with an ethereal light. Do I know what the prayer is? Do you happen to speak Old Realm? No. Then it sounds as spooky as Latin does to people who don't speak Latin. And is the the ghost getting upset by this? Uh, they are attempting to run away. Okay, Brendan. Uh, I'm assuming this is like in an alley, so there's like a wall around? Uh, yes, you, you would assume correctly. I would like to, as politely as a gentleman can, 
grab the back of his head, and smash his teeth into a brick wall. All right. I did want to mention, before I do this, to get some more information, I'm not sure if this is relevant, but I have a specialization in, in occult specializing in exorcism. Is that relevant? Yes, actually, I would say that that is. If you wanted to make wits and occult role to recognize what he's doing. Sure. And uh, specializations plus two? Uh, specialization is just an extra die. Okay. Um, and then since you've been asking for de- uh, very specific descriptions of it, I'll give you an extra two dice. Well, that's seven without the two dice. You have a stupidly high die roll. You do not know what the exact meaning of the prayer is, but it is a prayer that is taught to all monks of the Immaculate Order, specifically to expel spirits from the material plane, essentially. Uh, to cast them back down into the the darkness of the underworld, back to hell where they came from or wherever else that they reside. Because as that you know it, spirits have to it cost a spirit a lot to manifest in the regular world um in this case it's a little bit of a special case since it the ghost is in a shadowland where that they naturally exist but shadowlands are also kind of a weird uh middle ground so yeah back to the back to the gang violence i'm gonna put this guy's face into a brick wall Okay, um, if you could roll me, uh, I guess, Dex and Brawl in that case. Or Dex and Martial Arts, since you have Martial Arts. Yep. And uh, give me extra uh, an extra two dice for the description. Nice. Six. All right, so with six successes against his defense of zero because you got a surprise attack on him, he, he goes face first into the wall and is... More or less knocked unconscious. I'm not going to like just throw him into the wall. I'm going to put his face there and hold it there. Is he still conscious if I do that? If you want him to stay conscious, then he stays just, conscious. Just, just barely. <clears throat> I'm going to w- w- lean down and whisper to him. You know, not quite what that's for, is it? That's for like spooky shit harassing people. The only one here harassing anybody is you. Fuck off with that. I'm going to like drag his face on the wall a little bit and then I'm going to knock him out. He goes down like a sack of bricks, uh, and it is just you and the ghostly woman here in the uh, in in the alleyway. I'm gonna take the assumption here. Assume that you weren't causing any trouble. He was just some asshole harassing you, right? I kind of know how this goes. She takes a moment, looks down at the monk, and uh, gives him a ghostly kick to the side. Yeah, yeah, that'll do it. That would make me feel better. No, nah, I wasn't causing no trouble. Fucking, fucking monks have been messing with us around here for the last couple last couple weeks. Well, that's no good. I'll uh, make a point to walk by every now and then. Yeah, I appreciate it. They're they're causing more. They're causing more trouble down in the undermarket, though. Oh yeah, like what? Got told about one one of the one of the spirits down there that's been uh, causing trouble. So uh, some of the more rich folk decided to hire out some monks to uh, exercise the lady down there. Causing trouble? How? You know, making sure that the uh, the girls that are trapped in the in the rings down there that uh, that that are in debt go go free, and the uh, all the uh, all the paperwork disappears, or some of the uh, 
some of the slaves out in the fields get free or, you know, sometimes just uh, someone's chains break down there. Uh, maybe one of the brawlers gets out from one of the arena rings and uh, runs amok. Hmm. Brendan, I'm familiar with the area. Do I know who would be doing stuff like this? Like keeping like slaves and working in like stuff like this? The guild. Oh, good. That's what the work of holy men needs to be for, you know, protecting the guild and their slave trade. Excellent. I hope uh hope you don't have any more trouble today. If you if you do, I'll be around. My name's Ricky. And uh, he turns to start heading out. Unless the ghost needs anything else. Uh no, no. Uh the the ghost just goes, Thanks, I'm Kaya. You have a good one. You too. Stay safe. As safe as a ghost can. Yeah. Do you go on the tip about the monks in the undermarket? I'll do a walkthrough. Yeah. So you go down into the undermarket. I'm realizing now that I did not explain the undermarket properly when that I mentioned it in Brit's uh, thing. So I'm going to uh, back up and give you a good description of it. Um, so the undermarket is basically there's a few tunnel entrances in Chiroscuro that will lead you down there. Uh, just some stairways that go down, maybe like four or five sets, and then they lead into some tunnels. And you've got a lot of really big, like, signs and stuff that point the ways to the, the way to go. And eventually you come out from, like, tunnels that are sized for maybe carriages, maybe a, f- maybe a small boat could fit down there. You're not sure exactly what might have fit, fit down here once. Uh, there's, uh, there's a little bit of lighting uh, sometimes. Sometimes there's torches here and there. Um, there's a little bit of first age tech every now and again that's just kind of lying around. And some tunnels that do shoot off to the side. You've lived here long enough that you know not to go too far out of the way in the undermarket or in, in the underside of town, because there are unexplored tunnels and nobody knows what's down some of them. Right. But eventually you come to a very large area in the undermarket that opens up. It almost looks like it opens up like how a like an arena opens up. You don't know how or when, but you might have gone another couple hundred feet down and the top of this area is probably like 150 feet tall uh, above which is like the ground floor and then like the city above you. There are buildings here with multiple stories and some of them have uh, some of them have uh, personal lighting. There is a cool current of air that sweeps through here despite the desert heat outside and the undermarket is bustling with life and trade in every vice imaginable to man and exalt. Gotcha. So now that you're down here, what do you want to do? Well, firstly, just see, see if there's anything openly happening, like on the street. That's important. Anything openly happening on the street that would like lead you to ideas of like what's going on. Yeah. Sort of kind of on the street here. There are, People selling medicines that swear that they'll add a whole foot to your height or maybe other places. Who knows? There are there are people who are in 
small gilded cages that look like they've put themselves there and have actually like look like that they're like selling themselves voluntarily. There are small little gambling rings going on here and there that are that have like craps tables and other things. Down at the back, you do find a rather large building that looks to be the best way that I can describe it is if you've ever seen a brothel, it is basically that right here. Yeah. Do I hear anyone talking about like any current events or important happenings? Hmm. Do you have anything that would help with that? Uh, I think that would definitely be a perception and awareness role. Okay. Not great, but we'll see how I do. Um, I'm probably familiar with like places where like talk like this occurs, you know, like alleys, places where people like are congregating, smoking or drinking, like, local bars. I want to like target locations that might have more information. Okay, yeah, sounds good. I'll give you an extra two dice for that. Three. Is that with the extra two? Yep. It takes you a little bit of uh, figuring out exactly where to go. Uh, the undermarket isn't exactly the most. Um, cohesive of places uh sometimes a a bar might go through three owners in a month if they're unlucky so you don't know so sometimes it's harder to get information from the same place right but eventually you do hear someone talking about how that it was really weird that they had seen a group of immaculate monks going towards the basement of the shaved Yetum. Hmm. I guess I'll make my way that way then. Uh, after talking to some people, you make your way towards the shaved Yetum. What is a Yetum? Oh, a Yetum is a, um, is, uh, like 15 feet and 15 tons worth of domesticated cow. Hmm. They're basically giant, adorable hamburgers. That is adorable. So, Ricky makes it to the Shaved Yetum, which is a gam- which is a rather large gambling hall that has been there for a couple years now. So they've actually managed to acquire a couple extra buildings around there. It's basically a place where that you can go and bet on just about anything in the undermarket. And considering that, as you know, as a former Immaculate Monk, Immaculate Monks take a vow of poverty, them going to a gambling hall is very weird. Do I see them around, or are they just hanging out, or not hanging out anywhere? Uh, they are not hanging out anywhere. You just heard that they went toward that they went in. Okay, I'm gonna ask. Like, is, I'm assuming there's like a bar. Yeah. So I, uh, I hear there's. Uh, I'm looking, looking for some help. I hear there's some immaculate monks around here. The guy kind of, the guy at the bar kind of stares at you and just goes. Yeah, we got we got some of them uh, from from over in the from over in the lap here on some business. What what you need? Oh my uh, my carburetor is haunted. Y- your what's haunted? I'm assuming there's no carburetors in uh, in uh, in um, in exalted, is there? Um, no. no. <laughs> oh, you know the uh, the thing you put on the on the on the back yet. Back to your house and it keeps it cool. Is that what it's called? The carburetor? What's that fancy word they call it? Oh, the temperature regulator. Yeah, that's the regulator. Yeah, my bad. That's the one. It's haunted? They can get haunted? Yeah. Uh, and the, and I th- those monks can unhaunt it. And I need them to. Really badly. See my problem? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. You, you, you seem legit. He kind of just 
recognizes like crime recognized crime, I guess is the best way I can put it. And he tells you it's like, yeah, they're uh you go you go down into uh the, the sub basement. Uh they they're all hanging out down there. Okay, thanks. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'll uh go down and check them out. You have a nice one now. Yeah, no problem. You too, man. I guess I'm going down to the sub basement. You walk over to the basement door and there is no one guarding the door. So you can just open it and go down. I guess I do that. So you go down the first flight of steps. There is a door there and then the uh, the stairway wraps around once to go down to the sub basement. Do you go? Do you peek into the other door or do you just keep going down? I'll peek. What? OK, um, make me a Dex and stealth check. I don't really have a way to stunt this, so I'm only rolling four dice. Okay. <laughs> four successes. So when you open up the door, um, there is the distinct sound of uh, what can only what can best be described as human misery. Um, peeking in, you can see that there are wall-to-wall cages that have people bound in manacles here. There are people of all creeds, sizes, shapes, and genders. Oh, oh, good. Is there anyone in there that isn't in a cage? Uh, there are a few large uh, guards that look like that they are carrying weapons. How many guards? Uh, about five. They're, they're being actually fairly competent guards here. They're actually, like, moving and being able to check each other's six and everything. Like, once you get past that door, it it is going to be a little hard to uh, to, to go unnoticed. Okay, well, I guess I'll uh, just keep walking for the moment, see what else there is. Okay. If you go down the stairs there to the sub-basement, there is another door with a large monk uh, standing in front of it with uh, his arms crossed. As you come down the stairs, he looks up to you with a, like, pointed stare. Does he say anything? What do you want? Oh, I'm just, uh, you know, looking for the bathroom. Bathroom's upstairs. They, they told me there was one down here. Well, they lied to you then. Are you are you are you sure it's not? I'm gonna walk closer to him. Is it? Is there one back there I can use? I really gotta go, man. I gotta, there, I gotta take a wicked piss, you know. There is not another bathroom down here. It's upstairs. They lied to you. As uh, as I walk closer, do I see anything past the door? Or is it just like a solid locked door? There's nothing I can it, see. It is a solid locked door. Hmm. I, I probably have my staff with me, by the way. Does that does he look at me weird in any kind of way? It takes a moment for him to register the staff. And upon seeing it, he kind of stares at you, like stares daggers at you. I've seen that stick before. Oh, oh, oh yeah? You're not supposed to have that. What are you talking about? Of course I am. Might want to hand that over. Well, I, I don't know if I can do that, man. Uh, well, tell you what. If I can use your bathroom, then uh, I'll tell you what. Who do, who do I hand it to? You you can hand it to me. I'll I'll take it back to the... I'll take it back to Fugan. To Hugin? What? Uh, anyway, here you go. I'm going to hold the stick out to him, but I'm like clearly a couple paces away from the door when I hand, hold my hand out. He reaches a hand out to take it. I'm like uh, like 10 feet away from him, though. Okay. He, he's going to reach a hand out to take it. Is he going to walk up and take it? Yes, he is. All right. As soon as he walks closer, I'm just going to clock him. 
Dix, uh, okay, so you're just going to clock him. Are you going to... Well, I want to ask this for, for, for clarity. Are you going to hit him hard enough that he's going to go back into the door? No, but I would like to hit him, like, to the side so I knock him out. I okay. want to, like... As he goes to grab it, I want to, like, spin it real stylishly behind my back and then just, like, bop him with a baseball swing to the side of the head, hopefully to knock him out. Okay. Dex and martial arts, since I know that's a form weapon for you. Yeah. I'll give you a, I'll give you two extra dice and uh, auto success on that. Excellent. Eleven. Holy shit. This guy may be an immaculate monk, but he's not like a fucking monster like you. Like, like he doesn't have that many dice. To, like he actually he can't even you don't do that. He has a defense of three. Ow. I mean, that's pretty good for a mortal. Yeah. However, he gets bopped. What good? The good bop. Yeah, he, he gets given the good bop and uh, falls like a sack of potatoes. <sighs> night, night, buddy. I'm gonna. Is there like somewhere I can stuff him? Like a closet? Not down here, no. It's basically just a hallway. You now have a crumpled immaculate monk in front of you. I'm just going to shrug and look through the door he was guarding. Uh, behind the door, you can... Well, the, the door is closed, uh, though not locked. And behind... It you can faintly hear the sound of chanting similar to that language that you heard earlier today. Do I know of a way to disrupt that? You would not. Okay. Uh, do I, can I tell how many people are in there? If you had to take a guess, you'd say it's more than five. Hmm. But they seem like... I'm going to very slowly open the door and peer inside. And, like, try to angle my red mohawk so that it's not in view. <laughs> okay. Uh, there are a few things that you see. Um, if you could give me a stealth roll um, with, and you can have a two dot, uh, you can have an extra two dice for describing your not getting your red mohawk in the way. Because I want to see if someone sees you. Three successes. Not bad, but not great. Okay. <laughs> All right. This is going to get fun. So. You open the door to see what's going on. You can see about at least five uh, acolyte monks, uh, pretty much more like the people that you've been kind of encountering who are just kind of like bop them once and they're down. Uh, Mm -hmm. These guys are chanting with the symbol of the Immaculate Order raised above their heads while leading the procession is an elderly gentleman with a... uh, Pure white, like Fu Manchu, like very, like, very, like, elder Kung Fu masters look going on with this guy with, like, crop, uh, not cropped, but like pulled back and like top knotted, uh, white hair, who is in, uh, very, I wouldn't say stylish robes of the Immaculate Order, but they definitely show a higher rank than the rest of the acolytes that are here. And he is chanting in that same language at a form that is currently bound to the ground. There are manacles of, uh, of jade that are wrapped around this woman's wrist. She's this tall warrior woman who... Uh, seems to be completely bound in place where that she is um, with like short hair and like 
this defiant look in her eyes as that she is yelling back in that same language that you do not understand. And as you're taking this all in, you briefly lock eyes with her and she sees you and there's this sense of a being uh, that is for once actually on the same level as you almost peering into your soul. When last we left Ferris, she was putting together a very most certainly elite group of heisting people to get some goods out of the guild warehouse. Yes, putting together a group of people to do this thing. I think we just finished staking the place out. Yes, and you have found that there are five crates to get that can uh that can get you a decent amount of money there's four that you could get that get you guys about 1.5 to 2 million yen after everything's all said and done and then there's one that's like a big one that could get you guys two to four mil if fenced right yeah but the big one's gonna take an effort for all of us to carry and the smaller ones you said meatball should be able to carry them himself how do you guys want to go about this? Well, like I mentioned before, I will want to focus on the big one. If we find it might be too much of a struggle, then we would definitely just go for the smaller ones. We cut to the day of the heist. It's a couple days uh, ahead of it was like what? It took you guys like two to three days to stake out? About that. Two to three days. It wasn't a full week. Okay, so we cut to the third day. You guys have waited for the cover of darkness, as that you should for any kind of big goings-on. You all have mapped out the guard rotations, and all of those things have been kind of taken care of over the last couple of days with the uh, the larceny roll that you made before and the stealth roll with you and Zeke. You guys go up to the guild warehouse. So I guess just uh, like you guys have kind of like gone into the alleyway where do you go from here with my chameleon ability i want to make sure like i'm blending in with my surroundings and i wanted to make sure for this heist i didn't wear like my brightly colored flowing normal clothes i wanted something like darker like dark grayish black colors that would blend in a little bit better Right, of course. Uh, easily procured for this. Um, Probably had Zeke roll around in like some soot or something so he can not be the cream colored that sticks out. And then I guess um, I will get, I think he was the stealthy guy too, not Meatball. Get him to start picking the first lock so we can infiltrate. Or Denarid, I believe. Yes, Denarid. He's the one who's good at stealth, but don't get him in a, in a, into a fight because he passes out at the sight of blood. Yes. So Daenerid uh, sneaks over towards the door and begins to take out his tools to open up the lock on the uh, the guild warehouse. What did you want 
uh, since this, since you're kind of leading the heist here, uh, and you're working with Desert Bloom and his crew, uh, what did you want Desert Bloom to do in this uh, situation? He's the one with like the big pipe, right? Yes. Is he able to make like a? Because I think he's a sorcerer too, or like he can do magicy shit. Is he able to make like a fog cover? Yeah, he'd he'd be able to pull something like that off. Something that will like not like something to obscure the building or at least the doors that we're in and maybe make it harder for people to find their way through if they needed to like like other people. Do you want him Okay, so here's the question then for that. Do you want him to be able to control it so then that uh you guys would be able to see just fine? Or do you want him to just make a fog roll in and then you guys might also have to deal with the uh, the consequences of fog? I would like to be able to see, but I don't want it to look like someone's controlling the fog, if you know what I mean. Right, you want it to look like the fog just came in off the harbor naturally. Yeah, but I want to be able to, like, our team to be able to see through it. Okay, um, that is a different role than the other sorcery. So I'm going to see if he can accomplish that in three days real quick. Cause that is actually a role that he would have to make. Wow. Okay. So over the three days, desert bloom attempts to make a sorceress working where that he encourages the spirits of, of fog and the local water spirits to come through and help you all in this. He is able to give you all the cover that you need. I will give you the choice of this, Brit, since you're the one who would basically be given the opportunity to uh, ask him how, how, how you want to do this. It can either be a long lasting fog that, that you guys will still have to deal with, but it'll be thick and it'll be long lasting or it's fairly short, like maybe 15 minutes, but you guys can see perfectly through it, but others cannot. Mm, judging off of my group of people, I will take the shorter one. Okay. Desert Bloom is up above on uh, one of the tops of the buildings, uh, smoking from his three foot long pipe and moving the sorceress moats throughout the air to make sure that the fog stays in the area as long as possible and giving you all the ability to see through uh, the fog. Everyone else is at fairly substantial negative die penalties, unless, of course, they have charms that can like see through this stuff. But your group and Desert Bloom see through it as if it was the clearest day. Perfect. So Denarid goes through the fog. It takes him maybe a minute. He's uh, he's very good at infiltration, as he had mentioned. And the door clicks open and you can hear just the little squeak of metal hinges as if he opens it. And the you and the other three go through to get into the guild building. You have about from running and the door opening and everything. You guys have about 13 minutes to do what you need to do. So I'm going to call an audible and I'm just going to have them grab these, uh, aim for the smaller crates and to, uh, 
if we can get them out and separate ourselves so we're not just running in a big group and and then meet up at our meeting place that I'm assuming we would set up before this, obviously, since we had a couple days to do all this work. Because I don't want to take the time to try to get this giant ass crate out. Okay, so each of those, so one of those crates, the big guy, uh, Meatball, as you called him, Meatball can take one of the crates by himself. The other crates are going to require either strength rolls from you or for two of them to work together to move it or for you and someone else to move a crate. So basically like you guys can get, I want to say three crates out in one go. And you said the big crate would require all of us, correct? Like all five of us? Uh, The big crate would require at least four people to move. So if you could give me, uh, so as you're going about doing all this, if you could give me a, I'm going to say a stamina and athletics role, I think seems appropriate for a long amount of time, like really pushing yourself to get this done. So, okay, then I will do... Effortly Rising Flame. It's an athletics charm. Okay. Uh, How many extra successes do you want from this? I'm going to spend four moats from... So I'm going to spend four moats from my personal to get two automatic successes. And uh, last question. What is your athletics? Two. Okay. So in that case... um, since it's an excellency, you can actually only spend two moats because you're only then allowed to spend, spend two moats. Yeah, because for excellencies, you're only allowed to spend up to your ability score. That would give you an extra success. You roll additional non-charm die for every 10 My that athletics. appears on the roll. <laughs> okay. All right. So stamina and athletics. I get two autom- or one automatic success. And anytime I roll a 10, I can roll again another die. Yep. Go ahead and roll another die total of seven, uh, six successes? Yep. I was hoping that that other die was going to turn into a 10 and then you could roll that again. Dude, that would have been great. I, I've totally seen it happen at Exalted Games. Like they get It gets wacky sometimes. So, with six successes, you are able to go in and get... The five of you are able to go in and with that extra time, you are able to run back in with uh, with the 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 one girl who is helping you, uh, Pelopstora. She comes in and helps you get that last crate out that isn't the big one. Uh, you guys have managed to do this extraordinarily fast, just experience and doing this kind of stuff. You have about five minutes left on that spell. Do you want to go for it? Man, why you gotta tell me that? Because I kind of do. Let's try to go back. Do I? You said I only needed four of them to carry it. I don't. I can leave one person out. Yes, you can leave one person out. So I'm going to leave Doki by the door because he can talk to people. And then hide from others in a pinch if need be. And then because Meatball's stronger, I definitely want to take him with me to try to get the other crate. And then Denarid and Pelopstora. The five of you go back and you leave Doki by the door. He 
gives you a a respectful bow and he looks like that he is working on getting a costume of some kind out and put back on him. Um, and you can see that he puts a little uh, guild clasp on his uh, on his right up on his chest. He doesn't look like the best guild guard, but at a glance, it might pass uh, once the uh, the fog lifts. You guys are now inside of the guild warehouse building with that one large uh, container that is heavy enough that you will need four people to lift. Okay. So then I will kind of do a quiet, you know, one, two, and three. So that way we can all pick it up and start moving as quickly as we can. I know... Pelopstora and Denarit are both quick because they're good at like running away from things and quick on their feet. And Demik, which is Meatball, he's just big. So like he can help with that extra weight. Right. If you could give me uh, two rolls. The first one that I want is a strength plus athletics roll. And for describing how that you're setting everyone up to move everything, I'll give you an extra two dice for a stunt. And then let me know if you're going to spend any moats or anything on the excellency for the athletics, if you want. Um, I will spend two more moats. How many moats can I spend in my in the scene? As many as you want. Okay, good, because I want to make sure I have enough for my other thing. So then I'll spend two more moats to get another automatic success with the athletics role. And you said it's strength and athletics? Strength and athletics this time. Because right now it's just lifting it up. Plus those extra two dice from the stunt. Oh, thank God for those extra two dice. So four successes. Okay, I'm going to roll for your other two helpers and then Meatball. Do they get the extra dice too since I'm helping them set everything up? For stunting? No, they do not. Basically, you only really get stunt dice if you're exalted or you're like a big named uh, NPC. It was worth a try. And then there's Meatball. Yeah, go Meatball. Okay, um, so with a cumulative 13 successes, the four of you managed to lift this massive uh, metal crate up from where that it was. Uh, Ferris, you're struggling a little bit with this. Uh, lifting things of this size is not exactly in your wheelhouse as a pickpocket. This is why I brought Meatball. I have a strength of two. However, there are other things that might be a little bit more suited to you. Could you please roll me a perception and awareness as you hear something weird on the inside of the crate? I don't like it. Does Zeke hear it too? I really need to actually like bookmark the f- the 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 familiar sheets that I made for you too. If it helps, his uh, awareness is a five. I I keep his sheet pulled up whenever we're playing. Zeke hears nothing, and his perception is a five. Oh, he's got a five and a five. Zeke has some concerns, but does not hear exactly what you're about to hear. Oh, no. You hear on the inside of it a light scratching and then a very tiny voice 
or a set of tiny voices, maybe that echo with within the metal. Hello, who's out there? Thank you all for taking the time to enjoy our show. If you liked what you heard, why not give us a follow on Twitter for more updates as to when we'll be releasing episodes. You can also give us a like or review on your podcast app of choice. Just a few quick button clicks and you can help us defeat the dreaded algorithm boss. The theme song for this game was Main Theme by Alexander Nakarada, copyright 2019, used under a Creative Commons license. And hey, for making it this far, I saw that cool thing you did, so have some stunt dice. <laughs>